You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Um, I want to share something today that's going to be real and perhaps a little challenging, but get ready because I believe it's all scriptural, but I'm tying it into, I'm talking about the, the signs of the end days, the final days. And I've just been getting into this. So, so we're going to go back to Matthew 24 and Matthew, Luke 21, Matthew 24, 7 through 9. I'm going to be bouncing between those two. And um, I guess my heart was deeply moved today as I began to study and look at what's going on around the world and the church and what they're facing. Um, America has lived in a proverbial bubble, which is wonderful, Christian bubble, but that's popped. And everything, I guess I want to start off with good news. (laughs) He says, look up, lift up your head, for your redemption draws nigh. So he's just simply saying, when you see these things coming at you in your life, not just within our own life in the U.S., but around the world, it is, um, it's, it's, it's end times. It's end times. End time stuff. Um, and so we got to keep remembering that we are leaving this place. Um, and if you keep yourself focused like that way, then it's okay. But if you start delving into where we are today, you have to say, God, I'm so glad I know you, and I'm so glad I know the outcome. Um, but I want to begin reading with chapter 24, and verse 7 through 9 of the book of Luke, of uh, Matthew. I said, for nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, plural, earthquakes, plural, in various places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. That's sobering. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Hmm. Then, I'll stop right there. Let's go to Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel 21. Let's go to verse 11. We'll jump in at verse 10. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. But there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, plural. And there will be fearful sights, sights and great signs from heaven. And before all these things, they will, lay up, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and the prisons. And you'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and a wisdom which all adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. And you'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And they'll put some of you, they'll put some of you, they'll put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for, name, for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possess your souls. And let's go to verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Father, I'm asking the help of the Holy Spirit to deliver the word of God. Help me to flow with you, Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for the encouraging words. You said you never leave us nor forsake us. And we can boldly say the Lord is our helper. We'll not fear what men shall do to us in Jesus' mighty name. These are the signs of the times. I said the first sign we shared this in earlier Wednesdays 
is deception. Deception is all over the place, and we see it all the time, deception. And deception, I believe, primarily comes from false teachers, and the internet, beware of what you listen to and what you read. I just want to say that. And then we talked about the fact that be a falling away. 1 Timothy 4.17. The Spirit expressly says, or clearly says, that in the last days some will fall away from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It says that'll happen. And folks, it's happening today. Today. I could give you a long list of pastors that used to I'd be friends with, and I have to defriend them because they no longer are with the truth. I wish I could say it wasn't so, but it is that way. And then the Bible goes on to say in 2 Timothy 4, 2, it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned uh, to fables. The fables are made up story. I've already covered this just in review. But I thought about this one I'm going to be sharing. Jesus gave us these words to be prepared, to be alert, to be awake. Amen. We don't have to get sucker punched. A sucker punch when you don't, know, you don't expect it. But I thought about this. It ties in what we're speaking on Sunday mornings about drawing uh, uh, set apart for God. If ever there's a time to get close to God, it's right now. And I was just listening to the CD by Debbie Rich, and she stirred me up. She stirred me up. The biggest thing I got out of the, of the whole meeting of the week was I want to get closer to God. You got to pay a price to get closer to God. And she said something. She said, no one has really tapped into what I, she said, the Lord spoke this to her, that there's ground to be taken that people have never taken in the spirit. She said, I'm determined to take it. There, there is a place in me where there's no lack, where, where, where God can bless you. But that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of getting close to God and getting out of that anointing where you have positive influence on everyone you come in contact with. And uh, so this is not the day to live distance from God. It's too dangerous. Very dangerous. Because the seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, I mean, the devil will talk to your head. And you've got to align it with the Word of God. If it doesn't line it with the Word of God, you say, listen, head, shut up. We're going to do what the Word says. And it's very, very important that we understand that these things are helped to prepare us to be better. Now, it says, um, a little bit of re review. I'm going to tap into the, my review, but then I'm going to go on from there. But he says, in the last days, there'd be pestilences, plural. Plural. The word for pestilence is disease. And um, I started doing some research about diseases. Lord have mercy. Don't want to get into it too much. And uh, the CDC, well, I won't get into it. Like, but there's many. Many, I don't want to get into that. But, uh, but you know what? What's happening is demonic powers are loose to batter people all over the world. Just to batter them. But the Ebola... You know, the Ebola is named after the Ebola River that flows through the Democratic uh, Republic of Congo. And that's where it started. And scientists are trying to figure out there's a fruit bat that drops its fecal materials on different things and maybe even on fruit if you eat it. And why it's so diabolical. And I dealt with Stephen Turk because he had the Ebola hit Liberia. It was huge. They had to empty out the church. They had to Clorox everything and they would lose people. But you can be infected for 21 days and you don't feel a thing. But in 21 days, you're infecting everybody else. And for the Ebola, there's no known cure. So I started looking this up here. And the CDC, in the last, there are at least 30 new emerging diseases in the world in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years, I started going through them. I said, man, I'm going to shut this up. There's too many things. My, my, they said, and there's a resurgence um, uh, there that these strains we used to conquer in the old days, TB coming back. And antibiotics cannot stop them. And uh, malaria and, just, and, and uh, cholera 
or just or like on the sweep. As a matter of fact, if you want to get depressed, not that you want to get depressed. <laughs> I was reading the, the report. They said, they are saying this pandemic of COVID-19 ain't nothing yet. You see nothing yet. They're predicting hundreds of millions of people being infected with these new diseases coming up. So when Jesus said in the last day, there'll be diseases you aren't even thought of are coming out. And what it is, is that demonic powers are stirred up to afflict humanity. And now we've got the variant, which is now coming back down. Then they talk about the new one, the MU. And then there'll be the Z2. Oh, God knows how many. It's a, it'll be... Uh, and so you have to realize, and now don't get offended if I tell you this. Some of the things, well, maybe I shouldn't say. I dance a thin line. Meet me afterwards if you want to hear this, this discuss on this thing. But um, it's, when I, I, I clicked the CDC thing off, I said, my God. But it's lined up with scripture. In the last days, bang, pestilences like you can't believe all over the world. But for the man or woman of God, it's time to believe for healing in Jesus' name. You know, there's a man here that goes to a healing class, goes to another church. In the conference that we had, camp meeting, he came up to me. He said, I just want to tell you. He said, I've been for months because I'm fighting some things. And I've been, been learning how to stand for faith for healing. I've got all my scriptures. You may know him. And then he said, both my wife and I came down with COVID and we were both hospitalized. But he said, you know what? I had zero fear. Because I quoted at least 10 times a day. I was getting all the scriptures. And he said, we both sailed through it and we're both well today. Hallelujah to Jesus. But he said, thank you for the healing school. Thank you. It's making a difference. Amen. And by the way, if you've had Ebola, it just came out with a new report by some other doctors. You, but COVID, you're 27. Oh, what did I say? No, COVID. If you've had COVID, 27 times more powerful than the vaccine itself. If you've had COVID, 27 more, you know. And, uh, and there's all different opinions about um, whether I should take it or whether I should not. And no, it's not. A person called me up, they used to go to our church, they moved to another state. Is this the mark of the beast? I said, no, this is not the mark of the beast. Just for your information, the mark of the beast comes at the mid-trib. Three and a half years into the tribulation. That's when the mark of the beast. Just make things clear. Because there's so much stuff on the internet. I go, my God, people are ignorant. Don't even know what they're talking about. But then let's talk about the sexually, these sexual transmitted diseases. And I started digging into this. I was like, wow. You know, we sometimes think that there's a cure for AIDS. HIV is the virus which creates AIDS, which is basically just shoots your immune system. And so when anything comes to you, you can die. No known, there's no known cure for AIDS. They just tolerate, you just live. But basically, if you're given an, the AIDS sentence, it's a death sentence. But they said between 30 and 24 years of age, our current generation in the U.S., about 44% don't even know they have AIDS because it can linger for 10 years. That's a long incubation. Then, bam! But the good news is Jesus forgives and Jesus heals. I can't tell you how many people I have met that had AIDS, but God supernaturally healed them of AIDS and have, they, they've tested totally negative, and been free. Thank God for Jesus. For all these diseases, there's Jesus. And I hate to tell you this, and the, the blood of Jesus and the shield of faith is more powerful than anything else out there. But we do not decry everyone. I think we have to be so careful in church. Do what you feel comfortable with. Amen. In Jesus' name. And the same with taking the vaccine. I fully believe, I'm just going to say it, whether you take it, if you take it, great. If you don't take it, great. But it is a, it is a religious liberty issue. Uh, it's, my, it's my choice, please. Please don't shoot me with this thing where not everybody does well with it. 
but you use your faith. But that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point is this. In the last days, there'll be multitudes of pestilence, diseases, and we're in the middle of it. And it may get a whole lot worse than better. And here we are in this COVID thing. It's going on and on. I mean, who would think we're in the second year? Lord, have mercy. But we keep pushing. I'm going to Zambia. We don't really care. We're going to different places, nations. We don't care. Well, you can't, you're, supposed to, you're, you're supposed to get your shot. I don't need the shot. I just need the test. Amen. I don't care. Amen. Because uh, I'm not scared. And so, uh, I hate to say this, but I have to say it. AIDS comes from illicit sexual relationships. 67% of Americans that have AIDS in that, that, at this moment are gay or bisexual relationships. And basically, you cannot break God's laws. If you break it, the demons hear, oh, hey, he's breaking it. And here they come. And you know, all disease ultimately comes from spiritual forces. So we live in a world of complete moral confusion. And that's the world we live in. And the sexual promiscuity abounds. Hebrews 11.25 talks about there's pleasure in sin for a season. Yeah, have your fun. But I promise you, you're going to need Jesus before it's all over. And so I believe that if ever there's a time to live holy, it's today. And you young people out there know who's watching, just live holy. Live close to God. And, uh, but this is the signs of the times that there will be this thing going on. And really, it's been in our generation that the AIDS thing has been coming about. And it's worldwide. Amen? But it's a sign of the time. And then he talks about this. Is there, are, you still, is, are, you, are, you, are you still reading? Um, he said, um, there will be, an, in, the, in the book of uh, Luke 11, there will be great earthquakes in various places. And it says the same thing in uh, Matthew's version. All right. There'll be earthquakes. Um, but you know what? I, I looked up that a little bit too. Earthquakes. Uh, the United States Geological, um, whatever you call themselves, uh, the agency that been watching earthquakes since the 1900s. I learned all kinds of things. I learned there's like hundreds of earthquakes that'll go undetected. You know, one or two, but there's, there are thousands actually that are, that, are, that are happening all over the world. We only look at the ones that are huge. But they said, this is back in the, maybe 23 years ago, on the average, there's 16 major earthquakes worldwide a year. That's on the average. And about 15 are... Um, Level seven. There's one that'll be an eight or above. But we've had earthquakes, but I want to get into this because they talk about the frequency. 2004, remember that earthquake? That earthquake was off Sumatra, the island of Sumatra, part of Indonesia. It was an undersea earthquake that set up tsunamis all over the world. It was the highest death toll ever recorded for an earthquake. Nearly a quarter million people died. Do you remember that? And things got shifted. Like it was like the seismic, everything shifted. Like I was in the Adaman Islands a year later. And they told me about stories about people climbing up to the top of palm trees. And uh, hanging on uh, for dear life. Because the water covered these, some of these islands. And the island we were in had shifted down four feet. And so all the harbors now were above water. They had to rebuild everything. People, fields where there's water coming over to the fields. And uh, Bishop Kamanapali, the father, they were building, because such a devastation, he's building two huge subdivisions in the Adaman Islands, which he got through funding. But he, but he got to design the whole thing. And it was all built like a cartwheel. In the middle was a church. <laughs> Good man. 
But no, huge, huge. But they've been saying now in the last decade or two, the frequencies without a doubt are coming. They've, they've gone past 16, up to like 24 major in one year. Unheard of, never, never tracked before. 24 major earthquakes. They don't happen every year. But the rapidity has increased over these years. And Jesus said there'll be many earthquakes in the last days when the earth, uh, the seismic activity of the earth is shifting. And we don't understand about plate tectonics and all that stuff and how everything is moving. It's just like the whole earth is like groaning. And uh, the Bible talks about it in Romans 8. The, 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 the whole earth groans and travails. It's like it's popping and shifting and moving. And it says it's going to get worse as the time gets to the end. And so... Just ask the Holy Spirit, should I go to Thailand for vacation, be on the beach? Maybe he said, no, don't do that. There's a giant tsunami coming. And please learn from what happened to them when the, when the water receded. If, if when the water leaves the beach, get to high ground right away. Don't be looking, well, golly, Myrtle, Myrtle, look, look, look what's happening. People picking up fish that were flopping on the sea. That was the last fish meal they had. Um, but earthquakes, without a doubt. Um, are just taken over. And then he goes on, um, if you're still reading in the Bible that I have. Um, let's go back to Luke's gospel. Um, to me, this is fascinating. There'll be earthquakes in various places and famines, pestilences, and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. I looked that up. Do you know what, how many asteroids come into our earth that are a meter or less? That's pretty big, a meter, that come hurling down in space. And um, there was one big asteroid that they said it's going to hit our earth. They gave a date, but now they said they've redone the calculations. They said it's going to miss our earth. Maybe in 100 years it'll hit the earth. But I look up an asteroid. There was an asteroid, a huge one that flew over Russia, and it came right close to the ground, but it was so heated and so big. It's just a few years ago. It exploded. It was like a, a ball of, like, of light. like It was bright as the sun. And 90 seconds went by before the shock wave hit the city. 1,500 people were injured because they're looking at the window. It shattered the glass. They got eye splinters of glass. It blew apart buildings, and that was not a big one. That was just a smaller one, but it came to the earth and exploded. And if we only realize, we're a bit of a sitting duck. But he said, we don't know exactly what it would mean by that, but great signs and wonders will happen. And you may have seen our movies, but it could really be where, the, where nuclear bombs are dropped or sent from submarines, we don't know. But I'll put it as an unknown, but there's going to be some things happening that's going to make it pop. I think about the three blood moons, it was about two years ago. That was, that was the phenomenon. And so the things in the heavens that God is showing. But then I want to get to this main thing in Matthew 24. Um, Matthew 24, verse 9. And it says... Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. They'll deliver you up to tribulation. This is talking about the persecution. You look at the word tribulation, it means to trip out. No, it doesn't. It's <laughs> tribulation. Tribulation is a word for affliction. In fact, the King James says affliction. But if you look in the Greek, they kind of, you can either have persecution or affliction. And the, what the word means is not the great tribulation. It's called, it's like a mini tri tribulation. What this word literally means is to be troubled with um, a pressure of circumstances and antagonism of people against you. I thought, man, that says it. Pressure of circumstances and antagonism of people who are against you. For what? For your faith. It's not the same way it used to be. And uh, the word, the Greek word is talibo. It's 
And it's affliction that's going to happen in the last days. Pressure, and I'm going to get into it a little bit, pressure against your stand of faith. They don't like your stand. And, um, you know, I've got some neighbors try to reach them, but they're kind of like, because I'm a pastor, they, they don't like that. And they're just, it's just tense. Nice people, but they're just, mm-mm. Thank God, a spirit-filled Christian moved next to me just this uh, two weeks ago. Hallelujah. We prayed them in. But we don't want them all. I just say, I need some help here. But it'd be intense. There's something about the world we live in. It, it describes it. And, 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 then, uh, and then it says, and kill you. What does that mean? Be put to death. They're going to end your life. They're going to kill you. They're going to put you to death. And then I started just looking at stuff like Open Doors is a ministry as well as Voice of the Martyrs. And I tell you, you need to look at that because you can live in your own little bubble and not realize what is going on. I just took one nation, Nigeria, since January 1 till about the first, almost 200 some days, almost 3,500 Christians have been killed. That's in one country have been killed the last 200 days. Killed for what? Their faith in Jesus Christ. In that same, because Nigeria is like 50-50, half Christian, half Muslim. But they have a Fulani president who's a Muslim. And basically, all the perpetrators get zero. They don't get, they get nothing. They're free to do what they want to do. 300 churches in that same period in in northern Nigeria have either been demolished or been threatened to be taken out. 300. Now, that's just one nation. Everybody stay with me. And um, it's, it's like God. Oh, and, uh, and then a kidnapping. Children and women. It's going on at such a rate. It's going on now as I, as I speak. And the Bible says bear one another's burdens. We need to be aware of what's going on. It should touch our hearts. Well, it won't come here. You don't know. Look what's going on in Canada. People that don't, you know, that want to keep the church open. Like I happen to know, I talked to Brother Ted. He said, here's a known fact in New York. When the governor shut down the churches, they never shut down one mosque. They were left alone. And right along with that, Costco, Walmart. I mean, there's never been such in today's world. And then they get the Christians to drink the Kool-Aid. They're still drinking the Kool-Aid. They're just, they, oh. if, you, if you go look and you can just do your own research. Which countries in the world never shut down? Go look at them. Their stats are better than ours. Shut down is not the answer. That's not the answer. Sweden, they take a look at Sweden, never shut down. Economically prosperous, and the curves, they follow the same. So shutting down and all this stuff is just, I'm sorry. Well, you never know. That's okay. Believe what you want to believe. But then open doors. Open doors, they, their full-time ministry is just working with the persecuted church. And this is what's going on today. Every single day, 13 Christians are killed because their faith in Jesus Christ. Get that down. 13 a day. There's another stat. Um, 12 a day are attacked for their faith. I remember we had a, a man from India. No, Pakistan. He was here and he asked all the children to leave. He had recently taken these pictures a month before. And in, he, he lived in Faslabad. And I've been to Faslabad. And Pakistan is right up there, the 10 most violent nations against the Christian faith. And, he just, he, and, and this stuff never hits the news. But it's like uh, a couple of thousand Christians that live in an enclave. Well, the Muslims decided that day they're going to kill them. And he could have pictured that. They went through and killed men, women, and children and burned them. And it was too gross to look at. I mean, I couldn't have kids, but burnt bodies, people cut up to pieces, and the hatred. And so when I was in Pakistan, literally, when I got off the plane, 
I had two men dressed in black. One had a shotgun. Another had, I don't know what kind of thing. And they stay with me all the time. One guy's name was Peace. The other guy's name was Fellowship. <laughs> and I found out, you know, Pakistan is a rough place. You just, it's like the Wild West. They have marauding bands like pirates that live off the land. They go and take a village, kill everybody, take all the stuff and walk in the next thing. And then they try, and they, they, they try catch them. If you go to Pakistan, uh, you realize there's real no rules. There are mullahs is who you know. You better know a mullah. You better know somebody. Well, this man, uh, so when I preached, I always had guards. One time we did an outdoor thing in Fasabad. They told me what I could say and what I couldn't say. They said, you got to preach this. It's the goodness of Jesus. Jesus heals, forgives, and blesses. Don't go past that. So I got a machine gun here. I got here. They're my escorts. And what they do is they get in the... They will take, like in the middle of a street, they'll take big sheets and put some kind of, a, it's, a, it's a stretch thing, like 10 by 20 or 30, and they put them all down the street, and so people, it, it forms like a, like a room, but really in the middle of the street. So when you're preaching, you're preaching to everyone listening to you. So we understand that of the 50 nations that are on the top list of persecution, almost 40 of those are Muslims. So that's what the world's, that's what we're up against. But uh, 12 a day uh, are unjustly arrested. And then five a day are kidnapped. This is going on every day. Every day. And so this is 2021. The world watch list. I got this figure. This is what they gave. This is from Fresh. How many Christians are under persecution right now as I speak? Actively, I mean physically threatened. 300, it says 309 million. That's a lot of folk. They want to deny their religious liberties. In North Korea, they have people, they they estimate 200,000 people are locked up and many of them are Christians for their faith. So it comes down to this, one out of eight Christians in the world today are persecuted. If you look at the charts, we're just, it just goes up and up and up. If you're a Christian, you're in the devil's bullseye. But let's not get it too upset because Jesus said in the last days, <laughs> this is what will happen. Amen. And, uh, but the top 10 nations that are persecuting Christians, North Korea, Afghanistan, number two. Somalia, Libya, Pakistan. Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, Nigeria, and India. And so this is just the truth. I just need to get it across to you because we know we're living in the end times because the persecution is just going up like a rocket. And I hate to say it, unless God intervenes, it's coming here. When you've got pastors in Canada being locked up, Whatever goes on in Canada, it's just a matter of time they come here. Whatever goes on in um, the West Coast, the left coast, it's going to creep its way here. And I just respect people who stand up to it. Our own attorney stood up to it, sued the governor, um, f- filed us. Um, they refused to shut down their landlord, sued the county. You cannot shut us down. How dare you? Well, he's one of the one of out of them. You know, for every one, there's another 10,000 pastors that are living under the couch. He says he won the lawsuit. He had the county pay for all his legal fees. Plus, he was given $100,000 compensation. He said the first ever in California. Do you know why? He stood up. You got to stand up. You got to say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. My, this religious freedom, it's inherent, it's from God. Our forefathers had that. You can't give me religious freedom, that's God. Now, if you're demonized, you can try to take it from me, but whether you get it taken from you is up to you. Amen? I may lose friends and people, but it's too bad. That's the way I feel about it. But then the Bible, it, 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 but then it goes on to say, I'm not done yet, and they will deliver you up to tribulation. And kill you. 
and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Offended. Ah, uh, here's that word. Scandaleon, the trap. From the Greek, scandaleon, offended. And I believe he's referring to even the world, they get offended at Christians. We now have a new name. We're now narrow-minded, closed-minded. We are now bigots because we have this word that declares what is right or wrong for human sexuality. Now you're a bigot. And don't try water it down. Say, listen, I'm not watering down the word. I'll love you, but I'm sorry. God made male and female. And he didn't make your mind so confused you can't figure that out. Just because your mind is as dense as mud, it doesn't mean mine is. Amen. I've not been smoking weed. You know, David told about, it's the absolute truth. You go out there, is anybody sane in Washington or California? I mean, my, my, my daughters went out for a week in California. And he said, everywhere we worked, we, we, we walked everywhere, the smoke of weed. Everyone. And now I've got friends who live in Colorado. He said, they're all, you know, Rocky Mountain High. They live there. He says, you try doing a conversation with people on the street. And, what, man? I mean, their minds aren't even there. What? Now, we've got to get these people saved. Amen. But, um, you know, if you believe in this Bible, that's considered offensive. You believe in the Bible? That's offensive. This is years ago. This is like 35 years ago. 36, 37, 38 years ago. It's only 40 years ago. I said, you know what the heck? I was in a corporate America. I'm going to just take my Bible to work. It was a big brown Kenneth Hagin Bible. I remember, I walked in like this. You thought I was carrying a bomb. <laughs> it was looking. This is 40 years ago. And I laid out on my desk open in the corner. People were afraid of it. They literally come in my office, look at the Bible, turn right around. Then my boss says, he says, I don't think that's legal. I don't think that's legal. I said, give me a living break. Or here's a good one. Carry it on a plane. Get the biggest you can in your car. Just, 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 carry it on the, just carry it on the plane. Stop him. He's got a Bible. But I always take my Bible. I don't read anything. I like to take my Bible. When I read it, I'm playing to open up the hall up, put the light on, and I start reading. Great conversations come out of it. But there's antagonism sometimes. People are, that's why it's curiosity. But then it goes on to say, I'm just talking about the last days. They will, where was I? Kill you. That's right. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. These are very encouraging words. And then many will be offended. They get this. And will betray one another and will hate one another. Betray. Um, if you go down to 16, then those. No, no. Let me go to Luke. Luke 16. It says, um, and you, you will even be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And they'll put some of you to death. Here we go again. Here we go again. And then you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. So here's the deal. He said, at the end times, Jesus is going to be highly unpopular. At the end times, you carry the name of Jesus, you have to be really sold out to him. I mean, you, you'll find out whether you really love Jesus or you're just kissing on the religious ring. You gotta, I, I, I'm, that's the way it is. So he said, it's going to get tough. So get ready. Get watched. You be... Be watchful. Members of our own family. And I remember Xiaomei, where is she? She was telling me her own mother did not let her know before she was saved that she was a Christian. Because in the, the whole scenario is if you find somebody in your family that is, quote, breaking the law, you've got to turn them in. You've got to turn them in. 
So it's very, very real. And then it says, you, you be hated by all nations. Um, hated. Utter, that, now that word hated is missio. That, just meant, that, that does not mean I don't like you. It's a lot stronger than that. It means hate you. I mean, I want to do malice. There's malice in my heart against you. What's that? I want to hurt you. I want to hurt you. I don't want to let you off. I told my wife, we did the whole SEC thing for seven years. Those guys were meaner than snakes. They did not like the church. And they did not like me. They wanted to hurt us. Seriously. I met them face to face. I talked to them. And their name, I can't tell you now, but the names of the people I dealt with was like, is this a trauma? Picking out these names, it's like, what? Craziness. But they will hate you. And, and so you got to understand this, that um, 20 years ago, I was looking this up. Muslims in other nations were a little bit more cooperative with Christians. You could be a Muslim and a Christian in the same country, and you could, you could actually get along. But now what's happened is the militancy has kicked in, and even those that are not militant, like other militants, they'll get on those that are, as a matter of fact, in Mozambique, when they're the... Uh, Boko Haram is going through there killing people. They're killing Christians. I don't tell this to the church because they'll freak you out. But uh, Heidi Baker had to, had to leave, but there was systematically, I mean, I can't tell you the stories. It just grieves me what they would do to school children, what they would do to just, just, and they would do it even to Muslims that were not as radical as they were. So it has been like this hatred, and it's demonic. It's picked up. It's picked up like never before. And so we got to see, we are, you know, when we look at the Afghans and we look at all what's going on over there, God, we are in the end times. The Bible says, now watch this. Go stick in Luke. It says, um, verse uh, 12. Before the things, they will lay hands on you. Talking about Christians. What does that mean? That you're going to be arrested. For what? Your stand for Jesus Christ. That's the only crime. Because you love Jesus. You will be arrested. And they lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering up to synagogues. The synagogue is a type of court. You go to the courts. And prisons, they will lock you up for your faith. Now, this is going on right now as I speak. In fact, you may not remember when Tommy Zito was here, we were sharing Christ. There's one man sharing Christ downtown Atlanta. And a federal judge, he didn't know it was a federal judge, he was sharing Christ with him. And he says, get away from me. And so he said, I've, I've done almost the whole script, it's getting to the end. He says, if you, if you do one more, if you, if you ask me one more thing, I'm going to arrest you. The guy just shared you know, about how Jesus loves you. He said, that's it. He had him arrested on the streets of Atlanta. He put him in jail. The crime, assault. He assaulted him. Some of these federal judges, they think they're God but they're going to end up in hell and be Pee Wee Herman. And he, had a, and he had to stay there three days. Then he finally let him out. Really no charge, but just the arrogance is there. Does that make sense? And the hatred is there. But they're not all that way, but it's just in the general flow of where the things are in our government. So they're going to, per they're going to persecute you. That actually means they're going to put you to flight. They're going to drive you away and deliver you as a prisoner to the courts. And always remember this. What's the crime of all this persecution? I love Jesus. Well, we're going to shut that down. And so understand this, that we have to, um, he said, when they lock you up and they put you away, just remember it's testimony time. Know this? So he says here, and I will give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. So God gives us a promise that he'll be supernaturally helping you. When do you get grace? The moment you have to go. Heidi Baker, her family was smuggling Jews for several years during World War II. Then they were caught. The mother, the father, her sister, herself were sent down to the 
on a train that took her to the concentration camp. And she asked her dad, she said, Dad, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can go to a concentration camp. Because they understood if they were caught, they'd go to the concentration camp and die. In fact, she was the only survivor of the family. Everyone got taken out. And she said to her dad, Dad, how do I know? He said, well, I'll give you this example of this train. When do you get the ticket? I get the ticket, the ticket count just before I get on the train. He says, the day the trial shows up, God will give you the ticket of grace to, undo, to endure what you have to endure. You will have the grace to do it. It will be there. Isn't that good news? You say, Pastor, you're, I'm trying to get encouraged. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to encourage you <laughs> because it's in the word about the end times. The end times, the hatred will pick up. And you're watching it in America, in our own country. We see the hatred. Antifa, full of hatred. They're demonized. But we want to get them saved in Jesus' name. Someone got Antifa saved. In fact, I'm bringing you John Duke. He's going to be here in a few. Uh, this one, Wednesday. This. this guy got saved. A heathen. With a capital H. Big old guy. I don't want to take his testimony. He got saved in a bathroom stall. He comes out there. He kicked the. That guy is so anointed. That guy. That's why you got to hear him. In these big Antifa marches, all oh, they're throwing rocks, we're going to kill you, and chanting and all this stuff going on. He gets up there with a megaphone and preaches the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the whole group. And he said, they would try to come against me. They would try and even hurt me, but they couldn't. There was, like a, there was like a barrier around me. And I want Antifa people to Jesus. Hallelujah. And as, as a matter of fact, Sean... When they had one of their worship things, they had Antifa come at them, maced them and threw rocks at them, threw rocks at the kids, Antifa. But they got one of them aside. It's amazing. You get one aside, shared Christ. He got one of the Antifa people saved. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. But it's going to be testimony time. Do you think about this? Jesus said this is going to be the end times. In the first century of Roman, if you want to, of the Roman Empire, you read about what happened to Christians. And it's amazing because the Romans were basically a moral people. A-M-O-R-A-L, a one word. Amoral. That means without morals. And you had to bow to an image of Caesar. You had to, as Romans says, be willing to go to a pagan temple. You had, to exp- you had to express your, your recognition of the authority of these gods. And if you didn't, they had the right to kill you. And I'm trying to think of the man who was raised by the Apostle John. It's escaping me. Polycarp. Thank you, honey. Polycarp. They came and they brought him in. They said, listen, he was like in his 80s. He said, you've got to deny. You've got to bow to the image of Caesar. He said, I will not do it. He said, don't you understand? All you got to just say, just say the words, I honor you, Caesar, and I, buy, you know, I recognize you, and you can live. He says, I've lived my life serving Jesus Christ. I will never let those words come out of my mouth. They burn him at the stake. He said, well, I don't want to read stuff like this. I just want to read about the gates of heaven and the pearls. Um, but I'm just trying to help you understand that the last days are upon us because the church of Jesus Christ in the world is a persecuted church. Do you understand that? And we've got the little waves lapping upon us, but other people are dying every day for their faith. Never forget it. And so um, today, I, you know, we've got, we're being mocked as in people mock you at school. You know, you're, you're concerned. I mean, they'll call you a pervert because you don't go along with them. Are you serious? But here's the deal with a Christian and with schools. In fact, you should become a school board member in Jesus' name. But we will not bow to the culture that you're espousing. We will not bow. We will not agree. We'll show love to you, but we are not capitulating to the new morals of our present culture. Amen. You want, and you've got to make up your mind, I am not bowing in Jesus' name. Oh. 
And we will not accept it. We'll not take it. In fact, 2 Thessalonians 2.7 talks about the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And that how the Antichrist is being restrained. But it's working. One world order. It's working. The Antichrist to be revealed. It's working. You can feel it just, it's like Rosemary's baby is about ready to be birthed. You can just feel that. Not that I ever saw the dumb movie, but I heard about it. It's just, but it's, it's, it's just pulling. And, and, and so we have to understand that um, there's a pressure in our world today to comply, just to fit in, just to go along in Jesus' name. Pressure and prepare us. Um, you know, no, no, no. Um, I'm not accepting um, the line. I'm just going to... I'm just going to believe God and let the persecution begin in Jesus' name. Amen? So we are never closing. We will not close. And someone says, okay, well, there's variant DZ2. Whatever they come up with. The church is an essential element for the body of Christ. We need to meet. We need to pray for another. We need camp meetings. We need moves of the Holy Ghost. We need to pray. And you need to understand these are signs of the times. Persecution. Pestilences. Earthquakes. It's happening quicker than ever. And so I say all these things. You know what? Be aware of the brothers and sisters that are hurting. Get the magazine, Voice of the Martyrs. Order it. Watch what they say every month. They get families from all over the world. Look at open doors. That's a new thing I've been looking at. Be aware. And the Bible says bear one of those burdens. You know, we deal with people right now in um, Myanmar. I don't want to call it that because I want to call it Burma. The British and Americans, the official political name of that country is Burma. Because the wackos took it over and rechanged the name. And now they're wacko again. So there's a whole civil war going on because, you know, Burma is mostly jungle. And you want guerrilla warfare? Bring it on. You can bring all your armies and your tanks against guerrilla warfare. They can pick you apart all day long. So there's a war going on. And we have a, a missionary there called Natanyahu. And he said, and, he, and, and we, don't, we have very little correspondence, but we, but we communicate back and forth. But they're under it right now. They're under it. And they don't like Christians. You got another man. I talked to Alex in Cuba. I cannot tell you what the Cuban government did to the Cuban people. But Alex, we got him money. And, I can't, and, the, the, and the way we have to get him money today, you have to go around your elbow back here and come up through here. In fact, I don't want to say anything because anything goes on. What? Oh, I now know how you do it. But we are dealing with people that are on the front line. Their lives are on the front line. That's what they live with. So the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. We need to pray. I want to be more active in praying for the persecuted church. We need to be more active. And not just kind of, oh, well, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't affect me. Oh, really? Satan is knocking on this country's door. Hello, out there. And I'll tell you what, if we keep pushing the envelope of socialism pretty soon, they will tell you what to do. If you don't comply, you're in prison. And all these countries, Christians disappear. We're having to pass the so-and-so. Gone. Never heard from again. I go to nations like when I was in Malaysia. Yeah, a famous Christian pastor in Kuala Lumpur. Kidnapped like eight years ago. Never heard from again. So I'm telling you, it's real. And you, and you deal with people that have lost loved ones. Like even I'm in Nigeria, in Abuja. And the pastor there, I'm preaching at his church. He said... He, he told me how many pastors have been shot dead by snipers. They get snipers and take out pastors coming out of their car going to it. They put bombs in churches that blow up and kill people. So they have to do a bomb search every time they meet. That's just their life. And we complain about 400 traffic or, you know, the lights are a little wrong, too red. I mean, 
We listen. We're not. We're not. We're not experiencing anything compared to what these other guys are experiencing. And so we need to understand what's going on in the world and embrace it because we are part of the body of Christ. But understand the persecution is straight up like this on the chart with Christians all over the world. On about you puts in me a resolve. Revelation 12, 11 takes on new meaning. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. We, we don't have to survive. Well, no, no, but no, we just have to understand. We, you may lose some missionaries out there. We need to be still praying for Bill Wilson. He's up day and night trying to get the other five missionaries out of Afghanistan. In fact, I was talking to my laundry guy. He's a, he's a, a veteran of Korean War. He says, you know what? They've installed people in the Afghan government. There's a $50 million bounty on their heads. He said, we should go over there and collect it. <laughs> he made me laugh. Um, so um, I just believe we need to be informed. We need to pray. We need to, and give money and help. We send money. We send money to uh, these people. But be involved in Jesus' name. But here's the good news. It's the last days. Isaiah 5.20 says when they call good evil and evil good, you know it's the last days. We're coming down to the very last thing. So here's what we got to do. Live as close to God as we can. Make every day count for Jesus. Hallelujah. It's, you know, be brave, be strong, be courageous. Use your faith. Don't be, a, don't, I, there's something in me when the, when, when the world says shut down, wear a mask, live in a closet. No, I'm not. I'm going to pray more, have more meetings in the church in Jesus' name. We're going to go for God. We're going to go mission trips. We're going to push, 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 push. We are not stepping down. We're stepping up in Jesus' name. And you have to have that resolve on the inside of you that these are end days, end times. And all these signs point to it. But we keep ourselves alert. We keep ourselves aware. We're not, you know, people say it's going to be like this. one. Oh, it's just, no, no, no. America and, and apple pie. And, uh, no. It's all going to get back. No, I deal with pa pastors. I deal with pastors. No, this is all hype. It's all going to be okay. I said this. I, I never say anything. You can live in your own false world. Until they knock on your door one night. Would you come with us? But these are the greatest days for the church. But here's what I'm going to say. With this much persecution coming against the church, get ready for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, in the very places they persecute the most, the church is growing the most. Iran. In fact, I talked to Cameron Carey. He's going to come help minister in our week when we have the missions. He was just telling me what God is doing. It's like only God could pull this off. And what he's doing to get his uh, programming in all over. And so these are the days. These are the days we get to run for God. These are the days we get to live for Jesus. I mean, just don't play church. This is life and death. Amen? Amen. Come on. Buck up, buckaroo. Catch the anointing of God. Catch the anointing of God. Pull down the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Press into the Holy Ghost. Press into God. God, use my life to be a change agent for this earth today that's so messed up. And the demons are just, just trying to run us all over. But I tell you this, God's not done with America. I'll never get Ted Schultz where he said, two people of influence are going to die shortly. Well, don't ask me who they are. He didn't say. And it said, God's going to do something supernatural for our nation. And we need to be strong for God. That's all I know. And it starts with you. How do I have revival? Draw a circle around yourself and have revival in that circle. And then, blessed be God, come to the house of God and have people that want to join you with their circle. I want to have a revival in my house. I want to have a move of God. These are days when you got you to be, listen, every person's important. Rise up to fulfill the calling. Don't get caught up in the flesh, fleshy things. Come on. Those decisions you got to be of the spirit. Amen. You got to watch out for, what, what, what she said, fluffy. 
she mentioned Fluffy. Uh, Debbie Rich, the Fluffy. The Fluffy. Yeah, it's just the comfort. You're supposed to be Fluffy. Want to be nice. Fluffy, soft, nice. Oh, no, Fluffy. Shoot Fluffy. We're going to just, this is not a time for Fluffy. It's not the time for that. It's the time to be strong and mighty for God. Hallelujah. And let me say this. The worst sinners are going to come to Christ. Now watch this. Head of Antifa coming to Christ. Black Lives Matter. We're going to cast the devils out of them and bring them to Christ. I promise we get this. People are going to come to Christ, even political leaders that are clueless, led by demons. They're going to say, God's going to smack them. God's going to see supernatural things. God will use you to bring people to Christ in your workplace. When you walk into work, walk with a swagger in Jesus' name. And if you don't want to take the, vi- take the vaccine, we got letters. I'm passing them out like candy. We, we have a legal letter to show that you have, a, you have a religious right not to take the vaccine if you don't want it. Because they're threatening to fire people. But we've got the letters. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. If you want to take it, take it. According to your faith, be it unto you. But, uh, oh, I'm excited. Hallelujah. So we're going to put the tent up. We're going to say tent with a big sign. You enter at your own risk. We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, if you walk in here, it's on you. I'll have a sign like that, but God's going to move. That tent's going to go up. We're going to start having revival in that tent. And uh, then we're going to start taking it around. And we're going to go down to Enterprise. And we're going to go to different places where people need the move of God. There's a place in West Virginia, Parkersburg, that want us to bring the tent. We'll bring the tent. But I need people that want to willing to take a week off and go up there in Jesus' name. Amen. And boldly tell your boss, I'm spreading Jesus everywhere I go. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you've given us the signs of the end times. There will be persecutions. And we see the church persecuted like never before. We're seeing Christians having to give up their lives for the name of Jesus. Lord, bless those families that are literally on the front line. Help us not sit so far back and say, well, it doesn't matter to me. Yes, it does, Father. It matters to us. Because what's happening far away can come to our very door. And Father, we pray for a spirit of boldness, even as Acts 4. Lord, behold their threatenings. Behold their threatenings. But grant us a spirit of boldness. We be able to proclaim your word that Jesus, you do signs and wonders and miracles through the very hands that we extend to reach out for people. Lord, let the church become emboldened. Lord, we want to pull on every gift of the Spirit that's out there. The gifts of healing, working of miracles, gift of faith. The power gifts, Lord. We, 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 we call down the revelation gifts of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, tongues and, uh, and uh, discerning of spirits. The gifts that say things, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. Father, we want to stir up that gift within us, not allow the spirit of fear to grip, to grip us. As it says in 2 Timothy 1.7. But God will be bigger than we've ever been because we're going to lean into you like we've never leaned before. We're going to get so filled with the Holy Ghost. God, we want to press into you. We want to get close to you. We want to be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And God, we don't want to play church. We want to be really about the Father's business. And so, Lord, we thank you for your promise. You said, lift up your head. Look up. For your redemption draws nigh. Jesus, we believe it's not that very long before you split the eastern sky. It's not very long, Father, for you come for the church. But Lord, let us be about our Father's business all the days that we're here. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray boldness in the name of Jesus. In fact, let's pray together in the name of Jesus. Just stand up. Just stand up quickly. Just stand up. Let's just make this a prayer. Man, I feel another Acts 4 coming on. Okay, we've got our marching orders. We're going to pray for the power. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the choice you made to have me to be on the earth in the last days. And so, Lord, we look up to heaven. Father, behold their threatenings. But grant us a spirit of boldness to proclaim Jesus Christ. On the work site, in our neighborhood, in all our relationships, as we cross paths with others, 
Give us the boldness, Lord, to share Jesus Christ. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn out all timidity, insecurity, confusion in Jesus' name. Lord, we're here on purpose, for a purpose. Lord, we shall fulfill our destiny. We will complete our, the calling on our life. And in Jesus' name, let miracle power flow from our lives. Let us touch a hard-hearted world that's against you, but they're going to be turned to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we will love them. We will share the truth, but we will never back down from the truth of the Word of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say Maranatha. Lord, even so, come quickly. In Jesus' name. That's what they would say to one another. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. We're just praying you to come quickly. Maranatha, Maranatha, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.